Does it matter if our future resurrection is bodily or just spiritual? That's the question we're discussing today on the Hero of the Story presented by The Gospel Project. Thanks for joining us for today's episode of the Hear of the Story, a podcast to help you explore the big story and the big truths of Scripture. I'm Brian DeBozik, and with me, as usual, is Aaron Armstrong. Bodily resurrection or spiritual resurrection, both one or the other, doesn't matter. That's what we're going to be kicking around today, and I would dare say uh, our longer-term listeners probably understand where we're going to go with this. I would hope so. I mean, does it matter? Yes, it matters. (laughs) Um, is the short yes, version. a great deal. But, uh, and All right, thank you for listening to today's episode. That's right. But that doesn't really uh, answer the question <laughs> because we have to talk about how it matters and why it matters. So, uh, so, let's, true, true. so let's do that. Right, let me retract that outro That's, you and know, let's continue. You know, we've had so many where we've been, where we've tried to get away with that and then we've talked for 30 minutes <laughs> and uh, I think this is going to be another one. <laughs> All right. Well, let's with in that in that case, let's dive in. Let go ahead and read Perfect. the essential doctrine as always to get us started. Sounds great. Um all right. So, when we are talking about resurrection, which is our essential doctrine, um and one of the 99 essential doctrines that are part of the Gospel Project, um this is what it says. Both the Old and New Testaments teach that one day believers will experience a resurrection of the body from the dead. The promise of the resurrection is found in the resurrection of Jesus from the dead, and it will take place at the future return of Jesus Christ. Because Christ was the firstfruits of the resurrection, Christians can be assured that their resurrection will be similar in nature, meaning that it will be both bodily and glorious. The hope of the future resurrection gives Christians confidence that death has been defeated in the death and resurrection of Christ. So here's the here is the super dumbed down version of all of that. Is <laughs> On when our level when yes to your and my level. Um, yes, you know uh, Canadian public school, and I don't know what kind <laughs> of school you went to, but Maryland public school. <laughs> <system>. <laughs> I'm sure people both in Canada and in Maryland are really offended right now, but sorry. (laughs) Um, But here's what this means. All believers will experience a bodily resurrection when Christ returns. Good. Okay. So we, we got on there. There's the answer to the question. We'll explore it more and we'll talk about why, but yes, it matters a bodily resurrection is critical for us to understand. So let's look at some uh, scripture references where we see this supported. So get us started there, Aaron. Where, where do we Sounds see it? good. Well, I'm going to start us off in the Old Testament because that's fun. Um, so Isaiah 26, 19 is one of these passages which says, Your dead will live, their bodies will rise. Awake and sing, you who dwell in the dust. For you will be covered with the morning dew, and the earth will bring out the departed spirits. This is a very uh, poetic way of saying the dead will rise, they will live, (laughs) and it will be great. And apparently sing. And they will celebrate being alive. Um, All of these things are things that we get to see when we jump ahead to, to Revelation. Um, we get to see, that's a great thing. We get to see their fulfillment 
in the scriptures. Yep. And then eventually we get to live it too. But, uh, but that's just one. Another one also from the Old Testament is Ezekiel 37, 12 through 14, which says, Therefore prophesy and say to them, this is what the Lord God says. I am going to open your graves and bring you up from them, my people, and lead you into the land of Israel. You will know that I am the Lord, my people, and when I open your graves and bring you up from them, I will put my spirit in you and you will live and I will settle you in your own land. Then you will know that I am the Lord. I have spoken and I will do it. This is the declaration of the Lord. So again, big idea. God is saying, I am going to raise my people from the dead. Um, there's, you know, there's a multifaceted meaning here because this, of course, has connections to um, the people being in exile, <laughs> um, but also being returned to the land. Um, but its ultimate fulfillment is deeper than that. Okay, good. So, so those are a couple of Old Testament passages. I'll take us to the New Testament because you're old school. I'm new school. That's right. Uh, John 11, I think, is an important uh, passage on this. This is the, the resurrection of Lazarus, not because it speaks directly to our future bodily resurrection, but it's an important reminder of Jesus's resurrection power, that he has power over life and death, and he has the power to raise us. Then, of course, we have in all four gospels, the resurrection of Jesus himself, because he is the first fruits, as we mentioned in this, in the uh, essential doctrine. So we will follow suit as he has been resurrected in bodily form. So will we. And the, the, the power for us to be resurrected to new life is because of his death and resurrection. So that, again, it's not directly on the nose with how we will anticipate a bodily resurrection. But I think John 11 and the all four Gospels accounts of Jesus' resurrection all uh, point to that. I think the, the clearest New Testament passage, in my opinion, is 1 Corinthians 15. And this is where Paul, of course, Corinthians, that whole epistle is Paul addressing problem after problem that the church at Corinth was was having. And he kind of leaves one of the most significant, or if not the most significant problem they were facing till later. And that is some were doubting a future bodily resurrection of the believers. And so in 1 Corinthians 15, he puts it on the table and he basically says, my paraphrase of that chapter, if we don't accept this, our faith is for naught. If we don't understand that as Jesus raised from the dead, so will we too raise in bodily form from the dead, our faith is meaningless. And so 1 Corinthians 15 is critical to understand that this passage or this doctrine is not a secondary doctrine by any means. This is a primary doctrine. It is a vital doctrine that we will be raised in the body. So as always, we, we kind of push ourselves ahead beyond where we should be. So let me just kind of move us along then. Um, mm -hmm. What cautions uh, or, or notes should we keep in mind as we strive to understand this doctrine? And again, I already kind of put my toe in the pool with what I just said. So sure. I'll let you go. What, what are some cautions or, under, or notes that you can pick up? Well, this is one that we have, have touched on multiple times already in this, in this conversation. We've stated it in the description. We've stated it as an answer to the question um, and why it matters. But let's just make sure that it's abundantly clear. The resurrection 
that the Bible talks about is a bodily, physical resurrection. It is not only spiritual. It is both. And the reason that we are driving that home as hard as we are is just the fact is just because the fact is people seem to forget that including Christians when they're not either tacitly or overtly denying it because you do see this you see Christian you see a, apparently Christian literature stating things like stating things that talk about the resurrection in terms of pure spirit a uh, pure spiritual sense and without denying that we have to recognize that the body does rise from the dead and if we forget this we risk falling into um into a a, a school of thought a heresy that was prevalent particularly in the second and third centuries and and um, but was in its nascent form in even in the early church, this idea of Gnosticism. So this this idea of secret knowledge and 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 Gnosticism had many schools of thought and many forms. So it's not it's it's not right to say, okay, there was one type of thing called this. but, um, but basic, but one of the basic ideas that was there was there was an over spiritualizing of everything, and um, to the detriment of the physical, um, outright saying that the physical body was evil, and really all that matters is the spirit. And so when we fall into this trap, when we ignore the fact that the body is that there is a bodily resurrection. We can have two equally unhelpful responses, and we can vacillate between both of these. Um, one is denying the value of the body altogether, and when we do that, we we ignore it and do whatever we want with it as a result. Um, that's called licentiousness, um, and that's dangerous and evil because it's not respecting what God has made. God made our bodies and he made them good. So we dare not neglect them. The other opposite and the opposite extreme is um, we can fall into what's called asceticism. And this essentially means um, neglecting our bodies or overly disciplining them um, out of a desire to control them because we see them as evil. Because the body is bad, therefore, I must master it and I must take control of it. And that, again, that also doesn't respect what God has made. We want to have proper self-control, yes. Self-control is a fruit of the Spirit, and it's a good thing. But part of that self-control is also knowing when to enjoy things. Yeah. And I think this, it, it brings up the interesting question that I've, I've heard uh, believers wrestle with. Um, you know, I used to joke with my wife, uh, you know, when I'm dead, it, my body doesn't matter. Just roll me in the ditch, you know, save the money on a, you know, a funeral and, a, and so forth. And as you're saying, that would be problematic because then I, I would not be vowing or I'd be asking my wife not to value what God has created. Um, but in a serious vein... This prompts the question, for example, of 
can a believer be cremated? Um, is it right and fitting to do that, or would it be disrespectful? I don't know what you feel about that. I, I personally think that the goal is what's your heart? Are you seeking to be respectful of, of, the, of God's creation? I can understand how some would say cremation would not be respectful, therefore I choose not to do it. I can see how those could argue, no, it, it could be. I think what I know for sure is that you are not hindering or stopping your future bodily resurrection by being cremated. Mm -hmm. That we can be clear on. Uh, whether it's right or not is a separate question, but would does it disqualify you from being resurrected from the dead in bodily form? By no means. If we believe that, then we believe that God lacks the power to resurrect you know, people who have been through catastrophes, their bodies have been through catastrophes, um, not by their choice. We don't see any caveats in Scripture. We don't see that God says, I will raise in bodily form those whom I'm able to find. No. You could take your body and you could take every single atom within your body and hurl them across the cosmos. And God is capable easily mm -hmm. of gathering those back together again and raising you anew. That would not be a hard day at work for God. That would be a piece of cake. Uh, he could do it by the spoken word as he created the universe by the spoken word. So um, I, I think, again, th there's an interesting question there. Can a believer be cremated, for example? And so do you, what is your thought on that? I'm just curious. Um, what... I, I lean towards saying yes. I mean, I understand that there are some people who um, have concerns or even objections about it. Um, primarily due to um, to origins related to or uses really is probably a better way of yeah. saying it less origins but uh, uses in other religions and and I get that I respect that um, yeah. I, I treat it as a very open-handed thing um, yeah I mean it the the reality right now is, is it tends to be the standard practice for for most funeral homes at this stage versus hmm. the full-on casket and and yeah. bodily burial i, I kind of I'm, i think you and i are in the same camp here i i'm not completely comfortable with it there is still something within me that kind of gives pause mm -hmm. but i don't feel like i would be able if somebody asked me i don't think i would have the ability to say definitively no you you would be wrong to do that um yeah, I do think, especially as we consider some, and we have the luxury, we're in a nation where we have tons of, of real estate. There are some places where land is at such a premium, bodily burial is a challenge for many. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, it's an interesting thought. But anyway, it's a tangent to this, an important tangent. It is. Um, it is, but I, I would say... I'm glad you asked Another it, caution. Yeah, it's, I, and I think some of our listeners probably have this question. Another um, caution for this is that while, while this doctrine we're addressing, we're, we're focusing on believers, we can't forget unbelievers. Unbelievers will be resurrected in bodily form too. Revelation 20 uh, shows us this, that there will be a future resurrection uh, where unbelievers will be raised from the dead. And there, it's interesting, in Revelation 20, I believe it does mention that they will be gathered from the sea and from the land and so forth. Um, again, kind of what we're just talking about. Uh, God will be able to regather from wherever, however, um, and everybody will be raised in bodily form and everybody will live for eternity. 
we got to understand that sometimes we don't mean to, but sometimes we are clumsy with our terms and we say, hey, trust in Jesus if you want to live forever. Well, not quite. Everybody's going to live forever. That's what Revelation says. We do not believe that unbelievers are just snuffed out and cease to exist. That's called annihilationism. The Bible clearly discounts that. Everybody will live forever. The question is where, or more precisely, how will we live with God as his people, enjoying creation as he intended, or will we live outside of relationship with him, separated from anything good, because he's the giver of all good, for all of eternity? It's not unimportant, because this should, should stir our heart for lost people, that they are staring down eternity devoid of anything good. They don't just cease to exist. That would be problematic, but that would at least be a little bit of a comfort for our lack of evangelistic efforts. But when we think, no, these people will live forever without anything good, it should stir our hearts. So resurrection for believers is what we're talking about, but resurrection for unbelievers will happen as well. So again, just kind of a note. Yeah. Anything else you can think of? Yeah. Um, I think that one of the one of the last things that we should recognize in this is, is that while we know from Scripture that there will be a bodily, physical resurrection, that means that we will have bodies. But we don't know exactly what those bodies are going to be like. So, for example, I don't know how old I will look when I when I am in my resurrected body. I don't know if Brian will have hair. No, because hair is a, a result of the fall. Everybody will be bald. <laughs> oh, oh, good. Oh, good. That's 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 my that's your theory. That's my doctrine. Um, I th- this is I take my stand here. <laughs> is that really where you want to take your stand, Brian? No, I don't think that's it is. not where I want to take. <laughs> it is not. Um, so, but but this is the thing: is is will you know will people who struggle with their weight will they be all fit? Will they look the way, exactly the way they did when they died? Will they be vastly different? Um, we know that, here's what we do know. We do know that the effects of the fall will be removed. So disabilities will be gone. Mm-hmm. That's a good thing. So my wife has epilepsy. That means that she's never going to have to worry about a seizure again. Um, yep. You know, your your daughter has a physical disability. That means that that's going to be removed as well. Um, you know, there is a there's a, a a boy who's in my Sunday school class uh, in my for for our kids ministry, who um, he's confined to a wheelchair. He'll be able to walk someday, um, and we can. Be, but and that's really good news for us. That's hope that we can have legitimate hope. Um, we, yeah, I, I I think this is where. We can have sanctified fun with our sanctified imaginations yes. and, and with care, of course. Of course. We have to be careful. Um, but the scripture doesn't address a lot of this. So we see snapshots of Jesus. So he was alike when he was resurrected from the dead. Mm-hmm. The disciples recognized him. Yes. So it wasn't he was a totally different you know, looking. And they saw him as a person. They didn't see him as some you know, odd creature. What is this? Yeah. So there is definitely going to be similarities, but then Jesus also could pass through walls without opening a door. Now, the question is, is that because of his resurrected nature of the body that we will share, or is that because he's the son of God? Uh, 
and using divine power there. We don't know. But again, it just we, we see hints that we can then start to, to speculate. I think it's really helpful to think about creation. Um, Genesis 1 and 2 actually give us a lot of clues to what's in store because if we think about God's big story arc, which we're big fans mm-hmm. of, um, so God created with an intention for how we are to be physically, which is why bodily resurrection matters, and in relationship with one another, in relationship with him, working, serving, worshiping, and so forth. And then sin ruined that, and the story of Scripture is, is God planned to bring us back to that, if not a better state? So does it make sense, for example, that we will not be in relationship with one another, we will not recognize one another and know one another in eternity if that were a good part of God's original plan? This is where we can have fun with sanctified imaginations mm-hmm. and say, can we go to Scripture and verse? Well, that one I think we could because... This Bible talks a lot about us being gathered, you know, death in the Old Testament is being gathered to one's fathers. Mm-hmm. Um, we see um, Lazarus and the, and the rich man, the, the story that Jesus told, there was recognition. So I think we're pretty safe to, to acknowledge we'll recognize one another. But then what will our bodies be like? Will, you know, you ask great questions. Will we be the age that we die? We don't know. Will we be, all be a perfect age? Some people believe that the age of 33, the age which Jesus died at, uh, is one of the perfect ages, and we might all be as 33-year-olds. So that means if somebody were to die before 33, will they be 33? Will they grow to be 33? We don't know these things, but to me, here's the takeaway. I think it's worth having fun because it adds layers of realism to what's in store. It takes it from being abstract concept when we think reality what will we be doing? Will we be sitting on clouds playing harps? No. What did we do in Genesis? We worked the ground. We had relationships with one another. So we could say in eternity, we will be doing things. We will not just be worshiping, singing Kumbaya 24-7. We will also be glorifying God through other things that we do, including fellowshipping together as the as, as believers. So a, a really important uh uh, discussion that we're we're diving into that we don't have many firm answers, yeah. But a really important conversation. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And um, you know, and you know, of course, we also have the big question of: Will we have to go to the bathroom? <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> but we will well, get to coffee. eat. <laughs> and yes, we will get to eat, and coffee should be there, so we'll be drinking coffee. That's and right. when I drink coffee, I usually have to go to the bathroom. So. <laughs> This is this sanctified uh, um, imagination. I'm not sure. No, that's reality. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So, um, so let's move on here again before we get ourselves into trouble. What what, Um, what difference should this doctrine make? Let's let's talk about. We've already hinted at this as we tend to do. Sure. Uh, But Aaron, go ahead and throw at me something. How do you think this should make a difference in our life? Totally. So the first one here is is that the resurrection is a reminder that God is victorious. Remember, God's original intention was for people to be in bodily form, worshiping and serving him and being in um, a perfect, enjoyable, life-giving relationship with him, dwelling with him as his people. That's how the rest of the, the rest of the story is going to be when Christ returns. This is what we get to do. I mean, that's that's. That's the end of Revelation is 
Yeah. I will the is the Lord will dwell with his people. Yeah. That's that's a big deal. Yeah. And we will be there. We will be with him. We will be enjoying him. We will have our bodies and and an uncountable multitude will be with him forever. Yeah, that's good stuff. I think also this gives us great hope in our restoration, as as you intimated a, a couple of minutes ago. One, you know, one of the signs of our humanity, it's a reminder that we need God. It drives us to the gospel, is that we wear out and break down. We get sick. Uh, as we get older, we stop working as well. We get, you know, illnesses and so forth. Um, you know, I, I, I've been thinking recently that I think on my tombstone, I want to put on, I finally found a diet plan that's going to work. Mm. Um, because you know, my weight always kind of bounces up and down mm. and seems like I've been struggling for years to try to, to lose those 20 extra pounds floating around. And, uh, you know, so we all have these things you mentioned, you know, my daughter has a limb difference. She was born with, um, without a lower right leg in eternity. She will be full. She will be entire. And I long to see her running and skipping and dancing with two legs instead of one leg, these, these things give us great hope. Uh, I know of people who have loved ones who have other uh, conditions and, and illnesses and so forth, and they are so difficult. Uh, we, we navigate with hope. We navigate with confidence that God is good, that he's faithful, that he's loving, but it's still hard. Mm -hmm. And we know it's not supposed to be like this. And so we have hope, this great hope in our future resurrection that all these things will be done away with, all these results indirectly of, of the fall. Um, again, I want to be careful that this ability is not a direct result of somebody's sin, mm -hmm. it's a result of the fall. Yes, important distinction. Um, yes, and all that will be done away with, all these, these issues. And so in eternity, they will be no more. I believe we will remember them. Mm -hmm. And we will celebrate and worship God because he is victorious over yeah. them. Yeah, I think the last thing that uh, that I think either of us could say on this, at least for today's discussion, is is this, that the resurrection, the, the, the promise, and remember, it's not an empty hope. It is a, it is a promise. And when God makes a promise, he always keeps it 100% of the time. What this does, therefore, is that it adds a vital layer of realism to our eternal future. So this is not a vague hope of some kind of um, uncertain spiritual existence that is ill-formed and ill-defined. The hope that the gospel offers is a tangible one. Yeah. We will have bodies. We will be us, but we'll, we will be a perfect us, a holy us, a righteous us who will be with God forever. Yeah. Great place to stop right there. Let's not say anything else. I do want to thank you for listening to today's episode of this podcast. If you have enjoyed the episode, please do leave a sincere five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you do use to listen to the show. And for more resources to help you focus your ministry on the gospel, please visit gospelproject.com. 